The Evil Dead's persistence at creating new fans year after year and generation after generation is a testament to its eagerness to be the ultimate experience in grueling terror. Because for a moment there, even years, this quintessential Cabin in the Woods movie appeared to be an outlier, a truly independent affair in which a handful of school chums stumbled around in the Tennessee wilderness and then struggled to get the movie seen by audiences. One of its financers was allegedly horrified by its tone during that Michigan premiere. Several British courts found it obscene, leading to a prolonged legal battle over censorship in the UK, and the film even only received major distribution at all because Stephen King wrote a glowing review in 1982 after seeing it at Cannes. There's enough mythology around how The Evil Dead was made and released to fill the pages of the Necronomicon. Twice. But year by year, story by story, that self-perpetuating legend has grown until it developed one of the greatest legacies in horror. Until it became a genuine classic. and ghouls i'm katie tool and i'm sean reedy and this is friday night frights a podcast about weekend getaways cozy nights and demonic trees oh so romantic <laughs> that's my good that's my idea of a good time i mean the, the trees are there for your pleasure are they <laughs> no no they're not no they're not they're there for their pleasure that's <laughs> or something that's how Nope. Not even gonna, I'm not even going to yeah, vocalize what gonna, was yep. going on through my head. We're just going to move on. We're ending that thought. Yeah. Um, <laughs> welcome to take two of the Evil Dead episode. Yes. <laughs> the first one, we could have released the first one on October 1st on time, but my voice would not have been in it. Um, and that would have made for a really, really weird episode. Um, it would have been realistic because sometimes I do talk to myself. But Oh, I talk to myself constantly. But I mean... There's a lot of pauses. There's a lot of... Mm -hmm. It's a very one-sided conversation where while I'd be talking to myself, you wouldn't also hear a response. So, um, yeah, it'd be weird. It'd be weird. But that ends up being serendipitous, actually, because now we can release it today on Mm -hmm. October 15th. Yes. Today is the 40th anniversary of The Evil Dead. Yeah, yeah. It opened October 15th, 1981. At the Redford Theater in Detroit, Michigan. Yeah, it did. The reason it opened in Detroit, Michigan is because the filmmakers were Michigan boys. They sure were. It was written and directed by Sam Raimi, produced by Robert Tappert, um, and executive produced by those two and Bruce Campbell, who of course also starred in it and is by far the like best known face from the movie. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Unibrow and all. You know, it was the, it was the it was eighty one. It was eighty one. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, like <laughs> like aesthetically, it was still the seventies in eighty one. Oh, I yeah. would argue absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I do love how Bruce Campbell leaned into this role mm-hmm. over the years. Like, oh, he recognized that this film is a cult classic, and mm-hmm. he just ran with it right and he like got 
he he embraced the absurdity so much in the second and the third movies. And uh, then in Ash versus Evil Dead. Oh yes, like <laughs> it's just great. They made this film with no money. Uh yeah yeah like there was none. Three hundred and seventy-five good old thousand dollars. Right. Like, if you remember the Friday the 13th episode where we were talking about how little money they had, I think this was less. Yeah. I Wasn't that like right. 500000 Yeah, I think so. I reckon. Um, and they struggled to raise even that much. Oh, yeah. they It, it took them a while to get to the, the amount of money that they have. Right, yeah. And, you know, that meant that they had to get creative. And creative they did get. Mm-hmm. Um, it ended up grossing about 2.4 million in the U S and up to, I've seen wildly different numbers on this, but up to almost 30 million, like over the years worldwide. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, successful little movie. Just a, just a small, a small increment larger than their the cost mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's crazy to think that like this this trio of of people that i don't believe any of them graduated college i don't think they did no i think they were all college dropouts they mm-hmm. had been friends since they were kids mm-hmm. and like one of the things they did for fun when they were kids i mean they really are they're their lives are like a movie, mm-hmm. right? Like, this feels like it should be a movie that stars Corey Feldman. But, like, um, they used to make, like, little films together. Mm-hmm. Like, just on their, on their Super 8. Right. Just for fun. And uh, then Raimi wrote and produced a like concept short film called within the woods mm-hmm. uh, and then they ended up expanding that into the full movie right once they had the funding to do so but yeah i mean they were they were amateurs like not even to the point of like you know other movies we've talked about where you know say sean cunningham or george romero were sort of like hadn't really made a movie movie right like Mm -hmm. romero did industrial films and cunningham did porn but they hadn't done like a feature film same difference by the way right right (laughs) it's a different kind um it's you know depends on what gets you off i guess i mean anything can be porn really if you think about it (laughs) (laughs) calm down sean Down boy. <laughs> These gears are turning. <laughs> My loins are burning. Wait, that sounds like a medical condition. <laughs> it also sounded a little bit like a really weird song that would be in like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. It made me think of Grease actually for some oh, reason. Oh yeah. That, no, it wouldn't be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It would be in Grease as well. My loins are burning. I don't know why that. Nope. We're going in all different directions here tonight, folks. <laughs> Here we are. No, that was John Travolta, right? That was your John Travolta that impression. Was, that was uh, <laughs> That's what that was. That was uh, the live moment of why Sean doesn't do voice uh, <laughs> character acting because 
I cannot. <laughs> but these guys hadn't even ever done that. Like, they were amateurs. Yeah. And they ended up making this, like, iconic cult classic, mm-hmm. which is wild. And part of the reason is that they they took that tiny budget and did some truly remarkable things with it. Yeah, they... Gosh, the, the movie that they made, like, I mean, it's... It's got a a great blend of of horror, of comedy, mm-hmm. of camp. Mm-hmm. Um, the cinematography is is actually really well done. It's really well done, and it's innovative. They were like, "How do we achieve the effect we want for virtually nothing?" Mm-hmm. And they figured it out. Yeah, right? yeah, in, it's solid execution in really innovative ways. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens when you have uh, an insane passion for film. Like, right. it doesn't necessarily take a, a massive amount of money to make a great film. Mm-hmm. And this is the living, breathing proof. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The or undead the dead proof. proof. Yeah. <laughs> we have the oh. same brain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, you know, I think this is also what happens when you're Sam Raimi. I mean, like... Yes. Sam Raimi then became, like, a billion-dollar man. I mean, this is the man who's done, you know, Spider-Man and, and you know, Drag Me to Hell and, like, all these. Actually, I guess Drag Me to Hell wasn't that big of a hit, but. I thought it did. Didn't it do pretty good? It did fairly well. It did okay. It, was, Spider-Man, it wasn't though. Spider-Man, yeah. Right. Um. Yeah, Raimi is one of the few that we've talked about, I think, of, like, these sort of what you could call, like, horror auteurs from this era Mm -hmm. that didn't just stick with horror. Right. And, like, became, you know, like, went on and, and like, took over other genres and isn't, Mm -hmm. like, strictly associated with horror, right? Like, you say John Carpenter and no one thinks Mm -hmm. of any. He does have a few. Right, mm-hmm. but no one thinks of any movie that's not a horror right. movie when you say John Carpenter. When when you say Sam Raimi, I think more of like a like a Peter Jackson. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Sort of, you know, big movies. Mm-hmm. And started off with these smaller horror movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, High Dead Alive, right? Wasn't yeah. that him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was Peter Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Like suddenly, I second guess myself. But yeah, we'll get there. We'll get to that one oh, eventually. God. I can't wait. My stomach can, but I cannot. Yeah. That one, I don't normally, not that we're, we need to go on tangents or anything here, but here we are. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Hi. <laughs> I think we need to go on tangents to breathe. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's how this works. Yeah. That's how you inhale. Um, <laughs> um, I remember like finally watching Dead Alive and like, I don't generally get like, nauseous from horror movies mm-hmm. and and maybe it was just that i started i finally watched it when i was a little bit older yeah like i distinctly remember watching this this is a deep cut for you but if anyone knows august underground's mortem hi here we are go ahead and yeah that's a that's I, a I deep don't know that one. <laughs> that's a deep cut that is a that is an indie flick mm-hmm. and a disgusting one 
mind you, like I had a friend that I introduced it to. They ended up watching it at their computer and ended up throwing up in the bedroom. I was eating McDonald's while I was watching it. (laughs) Like I don't get an upset stomach. That movie dead alive fucked my stomach up. Like it was nauseating. There was just so much blood and gore. It was nonstop. Well, and like just, um, body horror. Yes. Like more generally, like not just Mm -hmm. the sort of blood and gore that you're used to. Like there was other stuff too. Like Mm -hmm. if I remember correctly, like doesn't it, doesn't one of their like ears fall into soup or something like that's some part of somebody's body falls into the soup that they're eating and they just keep eating it. And like, that was the part where I was like, oh God. (laughs) Yeah. I do. I believe so. Yeah. For some reason that's making me think the witches for some reason, but I, I think it's, that's not it. I think it's just, I'm thinking of the bottle and the soup and everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, if I'm not mistaken, you're right. And it's, I think there was like a lot of like, pus and just, there was yep just like, really really gross everyone was kind of oozing yes <laughs> yeah that was that's it that's like the definition of over the top yeah oh yeah yeah but but i digress we'll get there. we'll get there <laughs> we'll get there but here we are with the evil dead another but another another cult classic another cult classic that does still have over the top core yes when I was watching this um, in preparation for this episode, mm-hmm. I was trying to think of another character who is covered in as much blood at the end of the film as Ashes. I mean, the only thing that I can think of, and I can think of it now because we were just talking about it, is Dead Alive. Right. Like That's it. Generally, even, even very violent movies... Mm-hmm. Don't have, like, a character get drenched in blood. Right. Okay. I can think of one other one. Carrie, obviously. But that was part Uh, of the plot. (laughs) But, I mean, even then, But that's the only blood in the movie. Right. Like, and and it's not coming out of a person. It comes out of a bucket. Right. Right. So, yeah. Like, the, just the, you know, like, when he's, he's chopping up the bodies and Mm -hmm. and the blood is splashing on them and then the pipe breaks and it's full of blood instead of water and like he just gets like shot in the face with it right like Mm -hmm. he is just he is just drenched in blood by the end of this movie Mm -hmm. and there aren't many there aren't many characters who end up like that no no there's really not they really they went all out with blood Mm -hmm. And I have to say, and I know that that's another one that I would like to talk about eventually, but they did a really good job with that with the remake, I feel like, too. Oh, yeah? Yes. Yeah. I actually really like the remake. Yeah? I, yeah. I mean, it's a, I guess, like a reimagining spiritual sequel, but... Right, it's not a straight remake. Yeah. But really, I, yeah, definitely really liked it. I'm not sure I've ever seen the remake. (sighs) I'll let you borrow. You have my Apple ID lock in. It's fine. I have a digital copy of it. All right. I'll get it from there. So we're going to dive into what makes Evil Dead so great. But first, it is Shocktail Hour. Tonight's Shocktail is the Kandarian. The Kandarian consists of a shot of Irish whiskey, an ounce of creme de cacao, an ounce of frangelico, several dashes of chocolate bitters, 
was gonna I was gonna say something and my brain just went You had a joke. I could a, see it in your face. And I was like, had a joke. Uh, uh, nope. <laughs> and then marshmallow syrup. Now they make marshmallow vodka. It's a little hard to find. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I actually um, toasted some marshmallows with a kitchen torch and made them into a simple syrup. Because you are what? <laughs> Fucking innovative. <laughs> um, and that's exactly what it sounds like. Like you make you make a simple syrup and then like as it's still you know, boiling on the stove and reducing, you stir in those toasted marshmallows and it just mm-hmm. imparts, you know, that specific marshmallow flavor. Because right. somehow, even though marshmallows are literally just fluffed up sugar. It still tastes different. It tastes different yeah. than just a simple syrup would. Mm-hmm. So I definitely recommend using an actual marshmallow yeah. syrup. Um, I think they also make marshmallow syrup that... You put in like um, coffee. Oh yeah, right. Like a mm-hmm. like a you know like the like syrup a pump that syrup. you yeah like a pump syrup that you would mm-hmm. get for making lattes. I think you could probably find a marshmallow version of that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're gonna smoke it. Smoke it. Smoke it. Smoke and delicious. <laughs> so the way you do that, you can either buy an extremely expensive machine mm-hmm. that looks very cool. Like Choice. those things with like the cloche and, and you know, and you'd like take it off and the smoke goes up. Like that's very cool. If you don't have one of those, mm-hmm. as I do not, you can just uh, buy some wood chips mm-hmm. and sort of light one and get it smoking. Right. Put that on a plate and then turn the empty glass over it and let the glass fill with the smoke. Mm-hmm. Um, I have heard the recommendation that if you chill the glass first, the smoke will stick to it better. I feel like that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. And then um, if you don't want to do that, you could also add like maybe half an ounce or so Mm -hmm. of like a really smoky scotch or like even a mezcal like something to really impart that smoky flavor because we are definitely going for like campfire s'mores flavor here Mm -hmm. right since this is our first real like cabin in the woods movie yeah so i mean obviously cabin in the woods you're having s'mores you're having s'mores and if you're not then you're not doing it right yeah. Like, hello. Come on. This is the person who doesn't eat sports very often. But to be fair, I, do, I am allergic to dairy, so it's right. a little bit harder for me. It's a little bit um, harder for you. But I still do it. Also, like, my, my, marshmallow mustache is not a good time. Let me tell you. That's true. Yeah. But s'mores are delicious. S'mores are delicious. So you know what I'm going to do instead? Hmm. I'm going to drink the shock tail. There you go. <laughs> That's true. You can drink everything in the shock tail. Yeah. And it's heckin' happening. Mm-hmm. It is delicious. Yeah. It is delicious. The opening shots of the film mm-hmm. are actually an example of 
one of the ways that they got really creative. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's just the camera going through the woods, mm-hmm. right? But the way in which it's shot, like... You would assume if you just saw that and you know anything about like, you know, the behind the scenes of, of filmmaking, mm-hmm. your mind would automatically go to a Steadicam. Right. Right. Um, this was 1980. The Steadicam was brand new. Mm-hmm. It was hideously expensive. Sam Raimi was not Stanley Kubrick. No. <laughs> he could not get his hands on one. Nope. So he bolted the camera to a plank of wood. Mm-hmm. And then held the wood and ran through the woods with it. And Steady it, cam on a budget. Yep. Yeah, they call it the shaky cam. That's what they called it. <laughs> nice. Um, and it created this really cool effect mm-hmm. of being able to like, first of all, keep the camera and the shot very close to the ground mm-hmm. while moving very quickly. Right. Um But also not seeing sort of the individual footfalls, mm-hmm. like bounce in the camera that like you can tell when, when it's a handheld camera, right? right. Um, and that's just really cool. And like, who would think to do that? Sam Raimi. Apparently. No, I mean. Because <laughs> he did. Because <laughs> he did. He did it. He done did it. <laughs> he done did it. Stunned it. So the film focuses on five college students, even though really only one of them matters. Um, yeah. <laughs> we were trying to like remember the rest of their names. So they are from Michigan, mm-hmm. right? They're supposed to be students at Michigan State University. And they have rented a cabin in Tennessee for the weekend. And they're driving down there. Yep. as like just a little getaway. Um. And they are Ash, who mm-hmm. is played by Bruce Campbell, mm-hmm. who becomes the face of the series. Right. I mean, in part because he's the only one who survives, but also because Bruce Campbell's amazing. His girlfriend, Linda. Mm-hmm. His sister, Cheryl. Mm-hmm. His best friend, Scott, who is the one who rented the cabin. And Scott's girlfriend, Shelly. So they're driving up and... and their drive up is already like somewhat event somewhat eventful, mm-hmm. right? Which is not something you really think about that often. Like you you think about um you know, that it's just to add you know, just to add sort of like drama to it. But like it's also feels a little bit like something was trying to keep them from getting to the cabin. Right. Which right. Is funny because it seems like it's the same evil that's wanting to kill them right. at the cabin. And yeah, the evil dead very much wanted it. Mm-hmm. Wanted them at the cabin. Right. So I'm not sure exactly what, what's going on with that. But yeah, they almost they almost get in an accident. They almost fall through the bridge. Right. One of my favorite moments in the entire film is when Bruce Campbell sticks his head out of the car when they are stuck on the bridge and then like looks down and sees the <laughs> on his face and he just closes the door real fast (laughs) i have to say like this this entire like opening scene is like one of my favorites because it has the most comedic relief in it oh yeah like and and 
unintentional comedic relief. That was intentional. Like, him opening up the door. Like, I feel like at least it was partially intentional. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, that was supposed to be funny. Yeah. For sure. Um, So, there's... But two of my other favorite parts in the movie Mm -hmm. are, one, Mm -hmm. when they're about to get into that accident Mm -hmm. and... There's just, like, a quick still image of Shelly just, like, full open mouth shock face, hands up in the air, like... Oh, yeah. Like a freeze frame? (laughs) Yeah. Just kind of, like, randomly, like, kind of just thrown in there with a scream. Right. And I'm like... (laughs) It's like, uh, uh, like, I don't know why that just, that moment is just great. I might know why they did that, but continue. No, tell me now. I need to know. Okay, so... The production of this film, like the actual like principal photography of this film, was notoriously difficult mm-hmm. because they had no money. Right. Uh, and because they had no money, they literally just went to like a remote cabin in Tennessee mm-hmm. to film this film. Right. A bunch of the... <laughs> and we can relate to this. <laughs> a bunch of the sound got screwed up. Oh, that makes sense. And they had to add it in later. Mm -hmm. So some of the actors had to come back in in post-production and record, you know, certain lines of dialogue. Screams was one Mm -hmm. of the things that they had, like, uh, Bruce Campbell in particular, like, had to, like, scream into a microphone for hours to make sure that they got all of his screams. Um it's also why some of the sound, like, some of the sound design doesn't make a ton of sense. Yeah. Like, when... <laughs> Here's one of my favorite, like, mm-hmm. unintentional comedic moments, and it's the same sort of thing. When they turn the corner, and, like, they turn the corner perfectly slow and, like, normal. Like, this is before the accident. Like, they it, they just turn the corner completely normal. Right. But there's this really loud... <laughs> like... Like, tire screech. And what's funny is that when they were editing this, they were editing it, editing it in the same studio as Brian De Palma was editing Blowout. And I just have to wonder if that's one of the Blowout <laughs> sounds. <laughs> if that's actually a clip from Blowout right. that they I just, mean... like, threw into this movie. Well, because also, like, tires don't make screeching noises on dirt roads. That is also an excellent point, no matter how fast you're going. <laughs> like, that's a thing on pavement. Right. It's it's not going to work. <laughs> I mean, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, maybe if right. it's, like, Right, I mean, I know down, very little about cars, but... I, I mean, maybe it's, like, the dirt's, like, packed out enough or something like that, then maybe it would, but I don't feel like it would. I feel I like it still would just, just wouldn't... Yeah, you would just kick up the dirt. Yeah. That's an excellent point, Sean. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so... I wonder if they couldn't get the scream that was recorded in post-production... Mm-hmm. To line up with a filmed clip. Right. So, so they just use the still. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so weird. I never thought of that until yeah. just now when you mentioned that. But I, you're, you're right. That is weird. It's right. It's just like this one weird like freeze frame. Mm-hmm. But I bet that's why. I, the, the logic isn't there, but I'm so glad that it happened. Mm-hmm. It's the best. Mm-hmm. 
So while that freeze frame is one of my favorite parts. Right. Yes. So your your other favorite part. Yes, my other favorite part is is still it's right after they almost got into the accident. It's it's when they're in the car right after the accident and Ash is like, "Well, it might not be that bad." And Linda's like, "No." And he's like, "It actually might be kind of nice." She's like, "Yeah." And then, <laughs> and then Shelly goes, like, "It's probably a real pit." Which is where she gets buried. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to be buried in a pit. <laughs> Does she actually ever act, get buried? I suddenly can't remember. They do bury her. They bury her they as well. They bury her. Yeah. Um, they bury her first. Because Cheryl's still locked in the basement and Linda hasn't turned yet. Right. It's after they bury her mm-hmm. that... So they bury her. I mean, we can get to this when we get to this part of the movie, but... They bury her. Scott says, I'm going to find another way out of here. He walks away. Right. Ash goes back into the cabin to check on Linda. Mm-hmm. At that point, she turns, which is right. one of my favorite parts of the movie. Oh, yeah. So when good. she just like springs up and smacks him. It's right. like so <laughs> fucking funny. Um, and then Scotty comes back because the woods attacked him. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Cheryl's still in the basement. So, yeah. Shelly's the first one that gets buried. Okay. Yes. Yes. So (laughs) they get to the cabin and it is in fact a real pit. It's like run down. It's in the middle of nowhere. Um, it's, it's pretty creepy. Yeah, it is really creepy. And, and I'm, I mean, it is the eighties, so I'll take that in consideration, but there is no way that. A millennial would stay in that cabin willingly. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, well, they weren't. No. <laughs> well, they weren't, and they were also broke college students, so they might right. not have had another option for their vacation. Right. <laughs> so, but they go inside and they start to get settled in. Mm-hmm. Um, and we go through this entire parade of foreshadowing, where like they look at every single weapon that is then later used in the film. <laughs> Like they go in all the rooms and then they go down in the basement. Right. <laughs> it's, like, it's like every significant location and object in the movie. Yep. Within they like minutes. look at yeah <laughs> right. as soon as they're in there. Mm-hmm. Um, in fairness, it's not very big. It is not a very big cabin, no. No. Now, one thing that I love. I want to mention it because it just happened, but, um, not a watch along, not a watch along, mm-hmm. but, uh, but one thing that I love, like that it, it really like shows Sam Raimi's creativity mm-hmm. is like the, the use of sound and visual in a very innovative and cheap way. Mm-hmm. They get to the cabin there's the porch swing, mm-hmm. and the porch swing mm-hmm. is is slamming against the cabin, which is completely normal. Like there's there is nothing that should be scary about that. No, and yet, and and yet, like the sound, like how mm-hmm. the, it actually sounds, is creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's at a consistent, like steady beat. Mm-hmm. And as soon as Scotty, yep, as soon as Scotty opens up. The door or unlocks the door, it stops. Yeah. Mid swing. And the shot is behind the swing. Yep. 
And this is this is honestly like one of my favorite things they did in this movie because mm-hmm. there's another scene that we can talk about a little bit later on that's like my favorite shot in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but so you see the swing stop and his reaction to the swing stopping mm-hmm. at the same time. Yep. Because of because of the angle, like mm-hmm. it doesn't have to. They don't have to like do a reverse shot to get back to his face. Right. They do it's... it in such a way that they only needed one shot, which mm-hmm. is cheaper. <laughs> That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. So the other shot that I really love that has a similar effect actually Mm -hmm. happens very shortly after this. Mm -hmm. Because weird shit starts to happen as soon as they get there. Yep. Yeah. They're like, hey, cool. We explored the cabin. Here's the shed. Here's the rest of the house. Here's your room. Cool. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) Now, now ghosty shit is going to start happening. Yep. So Cheryl who is Ash's sister mm-hmm. is sitting there drawing and she's drawing a clock mm-hmm. and they, the point of view of the camera is from inside the clock. Mm-hmm. So you see her with the pendulum swinging back and forth. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a cool fucking shot. Like, I love that shot. And it probably wasn't that easy to pull off. I don't imagine so, no. They had to, like... Put a hole in the back, back of the clock, maybe? Or, like, just have a... The only thing I can think of is maybe they had, like, the front of a clock. Like, just the front of a clock. Like, the, the sort of, like, you know, front piece. Mm-hmm. of the clock and they were holding it up in front of the camera and and swinging the pendulum yeah that maybe is how they did it mm-hmm. relatively easily but it looks really cool and she's drawing this clock so she's focused on it mm-hmm. and the pendulum stops swinging but it stops swinging on the upswing it just freezes mm-hmm. and some of my favorite moments in horror movies and some of the most effective shots, in my opinion, are those in which something is almost normal. Mm-hmm. Like a clock stopping isn't scary. Right. A clock stopping and the pendulum not falling. Is weird. Is bizarre. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, of course, something possesses her hand, which is like... You know, slightly more alarming. <laughs> I mean, by a hair, you know. She just completely loses control, rips through the paper with her pencil. Right. And draws a book with a face on it. Right. No big deal. I mean, I've done that. Yeah. And then the trap door to the basement starts banging. Yep. Right. So clearly something is trying to get her attention. Mm-hmm. And so what do they do as, like, you know... Perfectly dumb cat- cannon fodder children. Oh, do they do they go into the cellar? Yeah. Immediately go to find that thing. Yeah. That is trying to get her attention. <laughs> so they go into the cellar and they find what you would expect to find in the basement of, you know, a cabin in Tennessee. A bunch of Sumerian artifacts. Yeah. I, I mean, found those too. Same time that my hand got possessed. <laughs> I forgot to tell you about that because, you know. Why would I tell you about my hand getting possessed? We found some artifacts. Right, exactly. It's like, you know. (laughs) 
no big deal. Right. I mean, you just what, like I just don't understand why she just is like I'm just not going to mention the fact that my hand just got possessed and forced me to draw a book, the same book that they end up finding in the fucking basement. Right. Well, I mean, I guess I can see why you wouldn't mention that part. Mm-hmm. You could mention the clock being weird. Mm-hmm. And you could mention the cellar door slamming, mm-hmm. like banging, right? Because they think there's an animal down there. That's why they go down there. Right. Um, she might be hesitant to mention the hand thing because she might think that she's just like going insane. Or she doesn't want them to think she's going insane. Right. Right. Like. I mean, fair enough. Like, clearly you did this. Right. Of like. Like, man. <laughs> right. Like, you drew the book. You're just like, you know. really tired or something right like you know the moment though that they would have that they pulled that book out of the basement you I think she like, would have yeah hey yeah so like i know this is gonna look weird but um you see the book that you just brought up hey so i, I drew, just this drew this an hour ago yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is this is before any it's, of us went down there it's 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 the same thing yeah just just right here it's just a little weird just just want to acknowledge it um not psychotic, but um, feeling a little crazy right now. But just so you know, it's done. Right. We're we're at the end game of at least this moment in situation. Right. This moment in time. This is where we are. Here we are. What's really funny? So, slight personal anecdote, like because we never do those. Um, the apartment that I used to live in was in a historic house mm-hmm. that had been converted. Right. So like the house was from 1880. Um, and obviously this was Michigan and not Tennessee. Right. But uh, it was divided into three apartments and I had one of them and there was a basement and like we were allowed to use the basement for storage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went down there and it is it was so. Freaking similar to the basement in Evil Dead. Oh, really? That I like started laughing the second I walked down there. <laughs> yes. And like stone walls, dirt floor. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. The pipes in the ceiling, like the the you know, the pipes in that house were very loud. So like the banging pipes in the ceiling. Oh yeah. Um and like some of the stone was crumbling, which was somewhat alarming. Given that I lived above said stone that was crumbling. I was gonna say I'm like, <laughs> hi, that's the foundation. So well it's the wall that I mean Holding up the house. Of, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I think it was bad news bears, but, um. It's fine, you don't live there anymore, so. I don't happen. live there anymore, so I don't know. <laughs> so the house isn't going to collapse on you, at least. Right, it's fine. I actually own the edition of the Evil Dead DVD that comes in the collector's case that looks like the Necronomicon. <sighs> yeah, I'm very jealous of you about that. I can't tell you how badly I wanted to hide that in that basement. I mean, Yes. Like, especially there was one place where there was, like, literally a hole in the wall. And I'm like, I could just set it right there. <laughs> oh, my God. The only bad thing is that you may end up forgetting about it. A. And B, would anyone else that went down there get the reference? Probably not. No. So. I mean, maybe. Maybe. But. Then if they would get the reference, like if I were to get that reference, I'd be like, I kind of want to just take this. <laughs> I 
found this in this hole. So another point. It's mine. Yeah, it's like this is just mine now. Mm-hmm. Can I just say, by the way, mm-hmm. like, and it's I, I, this is only slightly related, but um, so back when I was living with my sister, mm-hmm. and uh, we were planning on like redoing the 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 half bathroom in the house, mm-hmm. um, so the mirror. That's in that bathroom. Mm-hmm. Had the, it like clearly had a medicine cabinet, so there was a hole in the wall mm-hmm. that was perfect to put a picture up. And right. I really just wanted to hide a photo of something back there. <laughs> Never did it, but I really wanted to. <laughs> so I'm on the same path. You Not exactly the same thing, right. but I really understand. Same brain. Yeah. Um, with all these Sumerian artifacts, there is a tape recorder, mm-hmm. and. Two artifacts in particular. A dagger that appears to be carved out of human bone. Mm-hmm. And a book that has a face. Right. So what do they do? They take all this shit upstairs. Mm-hmm. Immediately. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, sure, this is, we're going to play with this. Yeah, absolutely. Along with the tape recorder that has... God know, knows what's on that. Right, yeah. exactly. It could be completely... It could have been completely unrelated to these things right right um but yeah so they take all that stuff upstairs they start looking through the book and it's got all these strange illustrations and it's it's obviously because it's sumerian in a language that none of them can read and uh they start listening to the tape recording Mm -hmm. and what we get here is a handy bit of plot exhibition (laughs) yes um when the professor who was studying all of this stuff previously and had you know been using this cabin as sort of a retreat to focus on his work mm-hmm. just explains the entire situation yep on this tape recording mm-hmm. like point blank just explains um he explains that there are demons called the kandarian mm-hmm and that they can uh, be called sort of, not even, that they can call up these spirits, mm-hmm. right? And that if you recite the incantation in the book, you will not only awaken these spirits, but you will invite them to possess the living. Mm-hmm. and then the professor begins to read the incantation out loud which like choices but yeah like sir didn't you just didn't you just say that your wife was possessed they don't listen to that part until later because Cheryl freaks out and turns it off oh I thought that came up first for some reason uh uh-uh. uh uh-uh. they don't they don't uh, listen to the rest of the recording. Ash doesn't listen to the rest of the recording until after Cheryl has turned. Right. Because he wants to see if there's something on there that they can do to save her. Right. Right. But yeah, Cheryl, with the experience she already has, of course, freaks out, turns it off. Too late. There's already dry ice in the woods. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's already there. I mean... I mean, the leaves, the pile of leaves start, like, fogging up. I'm assuming that they either had some sort of fog machine or they just got a bunch of dry ice and buried it under the leaves. I mean, they put that dry ice into the 
the lake when yeah. they were flying over it with the camera. Mm-hmm. And that's what I would do. Mm-hmm. Just bury it. Dry ice. Why not? It would probably actually look better than a fog machine. Probably, yeah. Because it would it would sort of rise more naturally instead of coming all at once. Yep. Although you can fix that. So my brother used to make these really elaborate Halloween decoration displays. Mm-hmm. Because clearly my entire family's like this. And... <laughs> the tracks. And he was really creative and he was really good at it. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm, I'm actually a little bit sad that he doesn't do it anymore. I mean, he's got, he's, he's got two kids, so like, he doesn't want to scare them. But right. um, oh, he didn't care about scaring me. I was younger than there. But <laughs> he had a fog machine, but he didn't like the way that the fog came out in like this big billowing. He's like, no, I want fog to, I want it to look like fog where it's just sort of like near the ground and still, right? Mm-hmm. So he got some PVC piping, mm-hmm. attached it to the like mouth of the fog machine. And then snaked it all through the yard and drilled holes in it. Yeah. And then when he fired the fog machine, it went through the pipe and up through those holes. So it looked like it was rising naturally from the ground. That is fucking smart. I mean, he's, he's a smart guy. Don't tell him I told you that. But um, <laughs> he, I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you'll hear it. That's true. <laughs> I don't know if he does. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. So they've stopped the tape recording. Uh, Scott and Shelly go off to bed. Cheryl has run to her room. Linda and Ash decide to stay up for a while. Mm-hmm. And Ash presents Linda with a gift. Mm-hmm. This very pretty necklace. Um, Which they do in such a goofy way. It is, but like it's, it's, it's adorable. Kind of, it's adorable. It's really quite cute. Like it's weird he pre- little eye game. Yeah. He like, he pretends to be asleep and she knows that he's pretending to be asleep, but she's mm-hmm. trying to catch him. So she's right. like, she's, she's not falling for it. Right. But mm-hmm. they also, they like play this little like back and forth thing. It's very cute. Mm-hmm. Um, it is at this point that Cheryl hears strange noises coming from the woods. Mm-hmm. And inexplicably (laughs) decides that there is either a person out there that is terrorizing them Mm -hmm. or it's an animal and decides again, inexplicably (laughs) to go out and confront it alone. (laughs) The logic, the logic's there. It's flawless. Choices. Mm -hmm. This movie was generally actually well-reviewed as a film Mm -hmm. when it came out. It got good reviews. Stephen King loved this movie. In fact, Stephen King is probably the reason it got wide distribution at all. Yes. Because he wrote this, like, glowing review of it. And, you know, he's, he's Stephen King. Like... At this point, he was already Stephen King. Right. You know? Yeah, he already had some of his films out, and he's he'd mm-hmm. been a writer for a while. So. Right, yeah. He was, like, this best-selling, very respected author. Mm-hmm. I mean, The Shining had already come out. Yeah, the year before? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah? Hey. <laughs> yep, the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, however, 
It was also very controversial because of how graphic it was. Mm-hmm. And it was banned in the UK. Mm-hmm. And there was actually like lawsuits about whether or not this movie should be shown. Oh, yeah. Like it, it really is like a touchstone in terms of um, censorship and like what was to be allowed. Mm-hmm. Right. This scene is a large reason why. Yes. Because if not the if not biggest the reason, reason why. Yeah. Um, because it is at this point that Cheryl is sexually assaulted by the woods. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. somebody in the woods. No. The woods. The woods themselves. Yeah. They full on rape her. And it is and it is actually pretty graphic. Mm-hmm. As, as sort of silly as it is. Like that, I think that's what makes it so disturbing, actually. Mm-hmm. Is that, I mean, it's completely absurd. Right, yes. And like, it's, you know, it's it's sort of silly, you know. Like, it's got, you know, these, these like t- tendrils of branches wrapping around her body and like, you know, pulling her clothes off. Well, and, and while it's absurd it's also another great example of something that's like masterfully done in in a way not i don't want to say how realistic it looks but like on how the branches actually like crawl up her body right that is true i mean if branches were to move on their own you would assume like you could see them moving like this right that being said, it's, you know, a, a pretty graphic display of mm-hmm. violence against a woman. Oh, yeah. And this is before she's turned. Uh-huh. Um, and it wasn't really necessary. Oh, no, not at all. To, like, you could have, you know, anything. You, you could have shown her just walk out in the woods and, like, get hit in the face with, like, mm-hmm. the smoke. Right? Like. Right. Yeah, you're right. They, there's there's so many other options that they could have done to mm-hmm. to show that she is being possessed. Right. And, you know, they didn't have... I mean, obviously, it's a horror movie. It's going to be violent. Mm-hmm. But... The fact that it is specifically sexual violence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. It's kind of... Like, not cool, guys. Yeah, no. Um, But Cheryl runs back to the cabin, and this time she does tell them what actually happened. Yes. And they think she's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she demands that uh, Ash drive her into town. She's not going to stay here one minute more. Ash has to drive her into town. Mm-hmm. After some arguing, he agrees, and they go out to get in the car and start to drive away. When they get to that bridge, it's gone. And it's not only gone, but it's torn apart. And it's like, it's torn up and pulled back. Right. Like it had been peeled. Yes. Open. Mm-hmm. Sort of. Yeah. Um, which again, the bridge was falling apart. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be scary, except the fact that they were trapped. It wouldn't be scary if the bridge was just not there anymore. Right. Right. It had actually just collapsed. Right. 
it's it's these things like i said it's like it's really effective when there's something that's almost normal Mm -hmm. but you're like wait how would the bridge have gotten like that right you know there must be some very powerful something very powerful at play here right so cheryl's like oh it's not gonna let us leave and ash is like no no no, you're fine we're going back to the house it is at this point that things begin to escalate very quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, if the tree scene isn't escalation enough. Right. There is like this little lull of calm before it just goes batshit bananas for the rest mm-hmm. of the movie. Um, and in that little lull of calm, Shelly and Linda are playing a game where Linda is trying to guess the number and suit of trying to guess the card that Shelly is hand is holding up. <laughs> and Shelly's like, yeah, Shelly's letting her believe <laughs> that she's guessing correctly, which is like really cute. I mean, I, I do love that. Like, I love that little detail that's been thrown in where it's just like, and Linda is so, you know, Linda radiates such a, a sort of innocence mm-hmm. and Shelly seems much more worldly Yes. Right? Um, so it's almost like, you know, big sister, little sister, kind of like letting her win the game. She's like, oh, you're right. And, right. You know, it's 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 very cute. Um, until Cheryl begins guessing them from across the room and facing the other way. Yep. And they're kind of like, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> and Cheryl turns around and her... Face is all fucked up. Her eyes have gone white, which. Yeah, those contacts. Those contacts that created that effect were apparently torturous to wear. Mm-hmm. Like, they could only leave them in for like 15 minutes at a time before they had to like take them out and let their eyes like. Breathe. <laughs> breathe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like wash them out and like hydrate them, which is insane when you think about how long. Some of them are in these contact lenses. Yeah. And how often they would have had to stop so that they could, like, not permanently damage their eyes. Yeah, because a, a few of them are in them for, like, half the movie. Yeah. From the... I mean, Cheryl... They don't... Cheryl doesn't die for a long time. Like, she's in that cellar. Yeah. And they show her every couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. And she's still like that. Yeah. Right? Um... She then, you know, levitates, which is normal. Yeah, it's fine. And, uh, you know, yells at them for disturbing the slumber. Mm-hmm. And then she collapses to the ground. And they think that she's unconscious, but then she attacks them. They end up wrestling her into the cellar and locking her in. Mm-hmm. Not before she manages to injure Linda by driving. This is just like driving a pencil through her Achilles tendon. Yeah, it driving it into her tendon and then like, like moving, moving it, it around. around. Oh my god, it's so so like you can feel it. It's oh yeah, so painful. Anytime in a movie. Someone is stabbed with something that should not be sharp enough uh-huh. to stab you. And you just think about the 
sheer amount of force that would be required. It just feels like it would hurt so much worse. Well, and... I have no frame of reference for this. No, no. But it just seems like it would be so much worse. Well, and not only uh, is, is she stabbed in the ankle, but that pencil, like, she pulls that pencil out and it's broken. That's true. There's a piece of it that's stuck... It's stuck in her ankle. Yeah. <laughs> it's so gross. It sounds horrible. The, no, I couldn't, I couldn't, I'd want to cut my ankle. Like, I just want to cut my foot off because there's a piece of something stuck in me. Oh, uh, and they, they really should have cut her foot off because. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, because that turns into a bad news bear situation, too. Yeah, for real. Mm-hmm. And as we learned in subsequent movies, cutting it off stops it. Mm-hmm. Like gangrene. Right. Um, <laughs> so they lock Cheryl up. They put Linda to bed, you know, thinking they'll they'll let her rest. And then uh, in the morning, try to find another way mm-hmm. around besides the bridge. The makeup work in this is also pretty phenomenal. And, and again, low budget, mm-hmm. but like wonderfully effective. Yep. Like they they turn into proper monsters. Mm-hmm. The overall look of I remembering Linda and Shelley, and I'm not remembering. Sure. Thank you. I was like, it's it's like one of the other ones, but <laughs> yeah. it's not the same. Cheryl. Yeah, the overall look of Cheryl when she turns, like when it first starts, it's one thing, right? Right. Like it still looks like her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But after a while. But yeah, like, as, as soon as she's getting forced into the basement. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, this is another another part that's just kind of funny. Mm-hmm. When, uh, uh, when Scotty, there we go. When Scotty is, like, forcing forcing her into the basement mm-hmm. <laughs> he just fucking drop kicks her yeah. into the basement. <laughs> and then as she's trying to get out he takes the handle of the axe and mm-hmm. just slams her in the face with yeah it. i mean <laughs> and i love that too because like obviously like it's a mask or like whatever like it's a doll right or something yeah. that he's like hitting in the face with the with the blunt end of the uh of the axe handle but it's just <laughs> that whole scene's great. But it is, that is like where her face starts to actually like really turn. Yes. And just gets progressively worse and worse. Yeah, for sure. Um. Well, the thing is too that Cheryl is in the basement almost the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Like from here on out. Right. And she's just like, she's just like this little like demented Greek chorus. Mm-hmm. That's like commenting on everything that's going on. And it's right. like so funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and here's another one of my favorite things. Obviously, Shelly is quite shaken. Right. Right. Um, they're discussing how they might escape. And they're saying, you know, we probably won't be able to leave until the morning. And she's like, I don't want to wait that long. And then she looks out the living room window. And she says, Scott, I think there's something out there. Now, mind you, they have just watched 
their friend turn into a levitating demon. Mm -hmm. And he still, like, kind of shakes his head like Shelly is being hysterical. I don't know. You're a woman, so... He's like, honey, go to bed. Go get some sleep. You're, it's fine. It's Are like, you PMSing? There is nothing about this that's fine, <laughs> sir. sir. <laughs> <sighs> sir, you are a moron. So Charlie does go to bed. Mm-hmm. Or at least tries to. At least tries to. She goes <laughs> to her room. Mm-hmm. And she is then attacked by the woods. Mm-hmm. In a much less dramatic fashion. Right. Than Cheryl. Um... But the the force just sort of breaks through her window, and you hear her scream. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott goes to investigate what's you know going on with his girlfriend, and can't find her at first. When he does find her, he finds that she has now been turned. Mm-hmm. A fight ensues. He ends up, after she chews off her own hand, mm-hmm. for reasons that Sean and I can't quite figure out. Because why not? Because why not? I We're mean, really. I mean, yeah. you know, you're a demon. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, ends up stabbing her with the dagger. Yes. And they think that she's dead. Mm-hmm. And there's this great moment where all of this like weird white stuff that was probably fucking club soda or something comes oh, yeah. like spilling out of her mouth. <laughs> yeah. It almost looks like milk. Yeah. Like, <laughs> sorry about this. but like bubbly somehow. Yeah. Like yeah. milk mixed with carbonated water. I don't know, but it's, it's great. Uh, she of course pops right back up mm-hmm. cause she's already dead. And they end up, <laughs> They end up chopping her up with the axe. Mm-hmm. As the professor said, that the only way to take care of these things was by full body dismemberment. Right. Now, this is one of my favorite moments because not only is it just, you know, a great practical effect, mm-hmm. right? And they do the whole, like, the, the camera lens gets soaked in blood. And right. It's, it's just, it's a, it's a good moment of, like, you know, horror. But also, the deadite is screaming the entire time. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, you love her. Stop, you love her. <laughs> <laughs> and I just find that so funny. Like, that... She's trying to reason with him. You know what I mean? It's like, no. Like, we're beyond reason right right now. Like, you just chewed off your own hand. Right. You tried to stab me with this bone knife. This bone knife. Yeah. He's like, I'll show you. (laughs) I'll stab you with it. Yeah. Now that Shelly's dead, they're like, okay, well, we got to bury her. Right. Because the pieces are still moving. Right. And they're like, uh, we need to get these out of here. Yeah. So they take her out and they bury her in the woods. Mm-hmm. So now she's in a pit. <laughs> right. Again. Foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. They do manage to dig that grave very quickly. Yeah, they go from uh, no hole to hole in uh, five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't appear like any, like, 
actual time has really passed nope. once they're back in the cabin, mm-hmm. right? Which I mean, like I guess, like in a way, they can you can kind of assume that they it did because it's dark. It's dark. It's gonna be dark all night. True, 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 true. But that's that's a that's a pretty damn big hole to dig out, even in like two hours. Right, because I mean, you know, it's With still a <laughs> like she's dismembered, but it's still like a full human amount of stuff that right. you have to put in soul. So mm-hmm. it has to be pretty big. So Scott and Ash go back to the cabin at that point after they've buried Shelly. Mm-hmm. And Scott's like, I'm getting out of here. I'm going to find another way besides the bridge to get across the river and I'm going to get out. Mm-hmm. Ash decides to stay with Linda because obviously her leg is very injured and she's mm-hmm. not going anywhere. Right. She's certainly not going to be able to hike through the woods no. to find an alternate route, right? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Cheryl's still in the basement. Um, this transformation is absolutely my favorite. Yeah, it's... It's she... it's cool looking. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Linda as a deadite is hilarious. Oh, yeah. In general. Uh, so Ash goes in to check on her. And the wound in her foot starts to spread. Like, immediately. In these, like, little, like... Yeah, very quickly and in these little, like, sort of spider web mm-hmm. formations, right? Of this black stuff. And then she, like, pops out of bed like a daisy and smacks him across the room. And <laughs> right. it's fucking amazing. Um, he slams the door and he goes out, back out into, like, the front of the cabin. And Scott stumbles in, mm-hmm. having been attacked by the woods. Right. So he's now severely injured. He's bleeding mm-hmm. out. And Ash is just going further and further into, like, dissociation. hmm <laughs> Yep. What's funny is that, like, the character that we think of when we think of Ash is not at all the character from the first movie. No. Like, the the sort of, like, swagger and the groovy and the you know the deep voice and all of that comes later in the series Mm -hmm. like ash in the original is actually like very vulnerable yeah and is mostly just like a real person right like he's he's sort of reacting to the the absurdity of the situation the way one would he mm-hmm. like is he can't he can't process it right right so so scotty's back and is like truly just badly injured and he's he's, he's not gonna make out. it yeah, yeah he's he's bleeding out um and it does kind of appear that he's starting to turn a little bit into a deadite yeah his face kind of goes gray and and yeah <laughs> and all the while linda's 
sitting in the doorway, just cross-legged and laughing. <laughs> and singing. <laughs> and singing. We're gonna get you. It's so funny. It's She's so funny once she turns. It's hilarious. Because she turns and she looks like a doll. She does. And acts like one. Mm-hmm. Acts mm-hmm. like a baby doll. Right. Like, it's... Like, her voice gets higher pitched, whereas the other two, mm-hmm. their voices went down. Yes. Like, in, mm-hmm. in pitch and in timber, like, they got a lot gruffer. But right. hers went, like, childish. Yeah. Full opposite spectrum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Scott Scott tells Ash, there's no way to save her. You have to kill her. Mm-hmm. And Cheryl goes, kill her if you can, lover boy, which should be the title of the episode. Um, (laughs) I mean. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And Ash is like hyping himself up to do it. Mm -hmm. When, of course, the evil start to fuck with him. Right. By temporarily like fooling him into thinking that Linda's come back. Right. And then fooling him into thinking his sister has come back. Mm Mm-hmm. Which allows them to kind of get the drop on him. Now Ash is pissed. Oh, yeah. Um, so he drags Linda out of the cabin. <laughs> thinking that, you know, maybe he can keep her away. Mm-hmm. Which, like, no, sir. No. <laughs> no. She's right outside. Mm-hmm. She is not but 15 feet away from the door. Right. Uh, he goes back in and... Scotty is unfortunately, like, actively dying. Yep. Um, but again, Ash is basically dissociating. And so he starts like saying, oh, it's okay. We'll go home soon. We'll get you and Cheryl and Linda. And like, he remembers that Shelly's dead, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't accept that any of the rest of them aren't going to make it. Right. He's, he still has hope for the rest of them. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, 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 it's bad news bears. Linda comes back in. She starts attacking him. Fight ensues. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I will say that like this, this part especially like is a bit confusing because she's, she stabbed him with a knife, right? You'd think that being stabbed with that bow knife would be enough for you to be possessed. I, I know that they needed a, a final character in this movie, right? But it would have made sense for him to be possessed at that point. Right. He's like, no, my will. It's too strong. Well, but is... Here's my question. Is the bone knife something that turns them? Uh, Or is it a way... To, like, almost purify them? To... Or is it a way to harm them? Right. Because... that makes sense. When any other weapon is brandished against these things, they Mm -hmm. don't flinch. But... 
when Scott stabs Shelly with the bone knife, it does affect her greatly. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't kill her, but it affects her greatly. Yeah. And this is like, and that's when she, like, starts spitting up the weird white milky soda stuff. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. He manages to subdue Linda and he takes her to the shed because he needs to chop her up. Mm-hmm. Why this shed has this setup? <laughs> we were trying to figure it out. So the only thing I can think of is that maybe for like um, dressing deer. Yeah. Or something like a hunting thing. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that would make sense to me. It's the only thing that would make sense except for that. Except a serial killer lives there. I mean. And it's a torture chamber. <laughs> Which could also make sense and it would be a good reason as to why that book's there in the first place. And the evil is so, like, is so heavily present in this cabin. Right. Because there's a bunch of murders that have happened there and here we are. Yeah. I mean, which came first, the evil or the murders? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he can't do it. He decides to just bury her. Because mm-hmm. he thinks she's dead. Even though he knows better because he listened to the tape. <laughs> but he just can't do it. And really you can't blame him. Because like... I couldn't do that. I can't think of anything. Even if somebody was already dead. Yeah. I, no. I can't think of anything like more upsetting Mm-mm. than the thought of disfigure, of dismembering somebody. Right. Like... Yeah. Don't blame me, Ash. I don't blame you. Yeah. While understandable, his decision to bury her was not the best decision. Because she is, of course, still alive. Or Mm -hmm. undead, as you will. Right. And there's this great little callback to that eye game they were playing when he gave her the necklace. Because... She opens her eyes, mm-hmm. right? And then he sort of looks back at her and her eyes are closed again. Oh, And he yeah. like stares at her. Yep. Right? So that, that little game, it's like a callback to that little game. Mm-hmm. Um, but she does attack him mm-hmm. as he's burying her again. So he ends up dismembering her with the shovel. Which would be much more difficult than doing it with a chainsaw. Yeah. One would imagine. Wouldn't know. But yeah, he he does end up, yeah, chopping her head off and, and going back into the cabin. Mm-hmm. Which is where he finds that Cheryl escaped with the cellar. <laughs> she broke out. She's like, this, this ain't for me. I'm not the one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also Scotty's a deadite. <laughs> Things are just getting worse and worse. Right. Nobody put Cheryl in the cellar. <laughs> <laughs> Shirt. <laughs> Immediately. Yep. 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 <laughs> but yeah, so she, <laughs> so she ends up uh, hiding from Ash for a while and then ends up like choking him. Um, in which... In, in turn, he ends up shooting her in the jaw. Cheryl. Yes. 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 Cheryl. Mm-hmm. 
And of course we have Scotty the Deadite. Right. It's like, whoops. What's hilarious though is when he first walks in and they're both gone and he's like, what the fuck? Right. He's like, what? Wait. Because <laughs> like Scotty was very much like unconscious and or dead on the couch. Right. And now he's gone. And Cheryl's not in the cellar anymore. Like, where'd they go? Um, it's at this point that the final sort of epic fight scene mm-hmm. where he's fighting both Cheryl and Scotty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and while they're fighting, um, Scotty ends up knocking the Necronomicon... Unfortunately for them, quite close to the fireplace. Right. Mm-hmm. And it begins to burn. Mm-hmm. So they begin to burn. Right. And Ash notices this. And after, you know, much struggling, because he's really quite injured at this point. <laughs> yeah. He's he's pulling through, but yeah. Um. Decides to throw the whole thing into the fire. It is here that they come up with perhaps the most spectacular low-budget effect. Oh, yeah. As the book burns, the bodies disintegrate. Mm-hmm. And these arms come flailing out of them as if as if the demon is is trying to pull their way out of the body before it burns. And they did that with claymation. Yeah, the the effect of that was just like baffling how good that was. <laughs> like it was so well done. And claymation. Right. Like the time, the effort. Mm-hmm. Of building those little models and then, like, ripping them apart piece by piece. Mm-hmm. You know, like, claymation's hard. <laughs> but it's cheap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like... Yeah. Now, this is the part that you had mentioned earlier when the arms are like flailing outside of their bodies and everything mm-hmm. trying to crawl their way out this is the part where ash is covered in blood oh yeah from head to toe yes but at this point with the the necronomicon the uh The, the Naturam right, de Manto yeah. mm-hmm. is burned and destroyed. Yeah, that's actually interesting. We know it as the, Necron- as the Necron- Necronomicon. Mm-hmm. But it's that not They that. never call, that, call it that in the, in the movie. Mm-mm. He calls it something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they call it the Naturam de Manto is what it's, what yeah. it's technically called. Right. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's like the, if that comes in, 
I wonder when it started being called the Necronomicon. Probably in, in the second the movie. The second one? Yeah. Probably. It's been so long since I've watched the second one. It's been a long time since I've watched the mm-hmm. second one. Um, but Ash, while covered in blood, has survived. Yes, he has survived. The sun is coming up. Mm-hmm. He's made it through the night. He's defeated the Deadites. He stumbles up out of the cabin to greet Dawn. Mm-hmm. I do have one slightly unfun fact about this movie. Uh, yes. So there's a rumor that Sam Raimi put, strapped the camera to a motorcycle and drove the motorcycle through the cabin and it ended up hitting Bruce Campbell. Right. <laughs> That did not happen. No, it did not. <laughs> it didn't happen. As fun as that would be. <laughs> right. That'd not be for a, Bruce Campbell. That'd but... be great. Right. It'd be a great story. Mm-hmm. And believe me, they got injured enough. Like, he did break his ankle. Yeah. Like, because he just fell mm-hmm. in the woods. I mean, they were just a bunch of kids. Sam Raimi was 20 years old when he made this movie. Yep. Um, <laughs> do you know what I was doing when I was 20? Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Same. Um, working in retail, baby. <laughs> yep. Working in retail. That's about it. Yep. I'm writing papers. Um, but yeah, he broke his ankle. Uh, like I said, they really were at just a random cabin in Tennessee, right? Mm-hmm. So like... It didn't have any heat or indoor plumbing. Nope. By the end of shooting, when they were just doing exterior scenes and they didn't need the interiors anymore, they started burning the furniture for warmth. (laughs) Like, it was not, you know, it was not a fun, it was not a fun shoot. No. For them. Um, But they did not run over Bruce Campbell with a motorcycle. Uh, They just had... Their shaky cam, mm-hmm. their board, and he just ran through the cabin. <laughs> Which, of course, sets up a sequel. Right. Um, that they kind of sort of don't follow the run. <laughs> they don't at all. No, they just kind of remake the movie. Yep. But sillier. Mm-hmm. They parody themselves. But then, of course, you have Army of Darkness, which is, like, so... Gr- I love Army of Darkness. Right. It's, like, one of my... <laughs> Klaatu. Narada. So that is it for The Evil Dead. Take two. Mm-hmm. Join us next week for Rocky Horror Picture Show and our one-year anniversary. Yeah, yeah. Woo! So exciting. <laughs> um, of course, until then... Uh, like and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. Of course, we have our monthly YouTube video, which we did just release our October video. Mm-hmm. So definitely check a, take a look at that. We have a two-part yes, October video. Yes, it is video. a two-parter, just so you know. Mm-hmm. If you're wondering why it just ends. It's because <laughs> we talked for a very long time. Because there's so much coming out there's this month. There's so much coming out. Oh my God, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, of course, follow us on Spotify. We have our Instagram, F and Frights Podcast, and our Twitter, F and Frights Pod. 
You can find us on Facebook at Friday Night Frights. Mm-hmm. We have our website, fnfrightspodcast.com. And, of course, if you have your thoughts, feelings, and emotions that you want to throw at us, you can scream at us. Mm-hmm. Scream those right at us. At scream at fnfrightspodcast.com. And we have our Patreon, our Fright Club. And Katie, what is the first rule of Fright Club? The first rule of Fright Club is if you find an ancient, creepy-looking book, especially somewhere that it should not be, do not, I repeat, do not read aloud from that book. Or play a recording of someone reading aloud from that book. I mean, unless you're at a cabin, then it's fine, right? Is that <laughs> is that the rule? No, uh, that's not the rule. <laughs> no. no, that's against the rule. Yeah, do not, <laughs> do not at all do that. It is a bad choice. Right. And uh, you're probably going to die. Yep. So, you know. If a book has a face. Don't, 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 just don't open it. Really? Don't open it. Don't even, don't even open it. Again, I say this as, and I know that, I know I say this a lot as someone who would absolutely break this rule. I'd be like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, I must Look at this it. book. I must read from this. It's so cool. <laughs> what is happening inside? <laughs> <laughs> so, guys and boys, join us next Friday night. You'll be in for a fright. But until then, sleep tight. <laughs>